0: Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice.
1: Welcome everyone. Today I'm with Brother Pasihau Halfanel and we will be doing our Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast. I'll just introduce myself. My name is Ezra Lavea in the Papakura Estate in Auckland. I was born into the gospel. I have one sibling. I've lived in China for five years. I was also baptised in China. Mm. I had a good experience. I got to be baptised in a hot swimming pool because it was snowing around <laughs> that time. Nice. That's just a little bit about me. I'll let Pussy introduce himself.
0: My name is Pussy. It's a privilege to be here on this podcast. I'm first and foremost a husband to my wife, Sandra, and second, I'm a father to three beautiful kids, and I'm also a member of the church. I'm a convert. I joined the church around 18 or 19, and then I went and served a mission in Texas from 2013 to 2015, and came home and married my sweetheart. Sandra Fano at the New Zealand Hamilton Temple and I've been in the same ward as Ezra for five plus years. And I remember the first time coming into the ward, Pookie Ward, and you know, I just remember Ezra, that nice young lady who was very welcoming and our kids really fell in love with her. good times. But yeah, I'm also a business owner as well. So I've got two businesses, Design Factory. We do a bit of apparel printing, website designs. We help um, businesses grow their brand, their business. And then the other business is education. So we do workplace training, community training to upskill people. So yeah, doing some awesome work.
1: Is your family a part of this gospel?
0: Yep. So there's seven kids And five out of seven kids are members of the church. The kids, we joined the church before my mum did. So my mum's also a member as well. And my dad is open, but he's not a member yet. And also two other siblings as well. Yeah, but they're very supportive anyway.
1: Nice. Can we talk a little bit about your conversion story? Like how you started coming to church? Did you have a friend that like brought you to church or you met the missionaries or...
0: Yeah, for sure. I joined the church around eighteen, nineteen, but we met the missionaries probably a year before that. They were teaching us for a while. So we were just outside, me and my siblings in the front yard playing, just passing the ball and that kind of stuff, the rugby ball. And two American missionaries on the street, just walking past, like, hey, pass the ball here. So we passed them the ball and they passed it back to us, but not the rugby style. They passed it back to us like American football, so they threw the ball. I was like, what the, what are you, what are you doing? You know, but it was pretty cool. But anyway, we got to know them from there, and they're very nice, very friendly, and we invited them in. And we heard it from our parents for a while, you know, because my dad would work uh, night shift. and My mom will work during the day, but there'll be a gap during the day where we wouldn't see our parents after school. So my mom, you know, will take a while to get back, but my dad will be already at work. Uh, and that's when we have the missionaries come over. <laughs> and then uh, they'll teach us about the Book of Mormon and all that. But fast forward a couple of, maybe a year after we got baptized, we joined the church. And then from there, one by one, other siblings joined the church as well and so that's pretty much how i joined the church i would say after the missionaries left i went probably less active right after i got baptized about three or four weeks after i got baptized went less active less active i don't really like that word but i wasn't attending church physically for a couple of years it wasn't until my friend jimmy who joined the church after me he was hard out into it he was part of the young single adults and he come visit me every Sunday and say, hey, pussy, why don't you come church today? And i say, ah, like, oh, nah, not today, brother, not today. I come up with all the excuses every Sunday. Until one day, he said the right things, man. Right? He said, hey, pussy, come church today. We're going to have a feed. The young single adults, us group, we're going to go out and do things and then have a feed afterwards. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to turn down the feed, man. So I got ready, got, went to church, had a good time with the young single adults. Just that group, hey, just the vibe. Just, just so happy, it's so friendly and welcoming. And I think that's that was definitely that social part of it was a huge part of making me feel um, like I should keep coming back to the church. But I had a really good time. We went out and visited people. Me being less active, visiting other less actives and inviting them to come to church was ironic, but it was fun. And I knew that I had to, in order to feel those feelings, I had to keep coming back to church. And, and so I made a commitment to always come to church. And I have. And I've really enjoyed it. I've loved it. And I thank my friend Jimmy for helping me come back. And, you know, if it wasn't for that um, experience and the church, I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. I wouldn't be happy like we are in the gospel.
1: That's amazing. Like, you went to (coughs) church on your own free will because you wanted to go, not because your parents made you go or... You didn't get baptised because your family got baptised. You did it because you wanted to.
0: Yeah, but saying that, I will say that my parents are are religious. So even though they aren't members, or like my dad's not a member of the church, yeah, they did have a faith in God. They were um, very faithful. I can remember growing up, whereas young kids, we would always prayed together as a family. And we'll always sit around in a circle. There's seven kids. We'll all sit around in a circle. And then one by one, everyone had to say a prayer. Like, you had to. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh, it's just remember it It'll be funny prayers. Be like, oh, my brother would be like, oh, thank you, God, for the food. And then the next person would say, oh, thank you, God, for the forks and the spoons you know, just trying to think of something yeah. to, to thank God for, or copy the other person. But I owe a lot to my parents by their example and with their faith as well. I can remember countless times my mum praying for me as well. I'll never forget those moments. So all of that adds up and really helped me build my faith as well. Oh, that's cool. What about for yourself, Ezra? Tell us a little bit about your faith. I know you were raised up in the church. They would have been a point where you had to come in and gain a testimony for yourself, build that relationship for yourself with the Lord?
1: Yep. So I grew up in the church when I was five. My family and I, we moved to China. We stayed there for five years. My parents had to work on a Sunday morning. And then after that, we would go to church, but we would have to take a train, which would take about two hours. So whenever we got to church, sacrament was finished. We got there just in time for primary classes but lucky enough the bishop allowed us to have a little sacrament after church so we were lucky we we're mm-hmm. able to partake of the sacrament so I pretty much just spent all my primary days while we were in China when we came back to New Zealand I was lucky I got to have my mum as a teacher and young woman all the way through I think I first gained my strong testimony when I attended the FSY in 2016 that's in Auckland at King's College. It's a one week camp where youth all over New Zealand get to go spend a week together. You get put into groups of 30 plus kids. It's where you get to bond, have church activities. And I think I just really felt the spirit there, just being amongst everyone. I just got that strong feeling, felt like the church was true. Such a happy place. And yeah, that's how I first gained my testimony. And ever since then, I've been going to church every week. My dad's been a bishop for six years. And now he's in the stake presidency. So I'll tag along with him to all his activities, help him with some church stuff. It's been good. I think the only time I've struggled, we moved to Pukukaui six years ago, and I was the only active young woman. So it was a bit hard. I didn't. Mm. really have friends or no one my age yeah um so there was a lot of work to do i made some friends there we went visiting i knocked on the sister's house um one of my friends now her name's Dodova. i knocked on her house i introduced myself and the very First thing I said when we met was, Oh, do you want to stay over this weekend?
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <away>.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was um, like really out of it because it's like our first time meeting each other. Shockingly, she said yes. <laughs> so, like, her being over, that was our bonding time and moment. And then our young woman slowly grew from there.
0: That's so cool. You know what I love about that experience? I think it's quite similar to mine, even though I was a convert and returning. And even though you were raised in the gospel, there's something about being surrounded around other spiritually minded people, like minded people.
1: When did you first gain your testimony?
0: I think there's a lot of things, like you could probably say as well, that we did throughout our life that led us to a moment where we actually reached a realization. So it wasn't just like one thing you did. It's a lot of things you did before that, the decisions we made in life, the people that you've met, etc. And I would say, I remember, because even though I came back to church after I went as active for a couple of years, I was attending because I was socially, I was, I was, I was socially converted before I was spiritually converted. The social part helped me. It's, it's still a spiritual element to it, but it's what we did. Like we would go visit people, the activities. You talked about the young single adult activities. But I'll never forget um, my brother, Kadolo, he played a big part in helping me. He was preparing to be a missionary. So he went to preach my gospel classes. And me, I, I was just excited to come back to church. I wanted to try everything, do everything. I'd be like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to preach my gospel. What's that? Can I come? He's like, uh, know, this is for people preparing for missions. <laughs> mission. Like, come on, man, I just want to come. Who's going to be there? And he started to say the names of the people. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, why can't I come? I know them. So oh, come along then. Because he, he knew, oh, this guy, he, he's not missionary ready. He, he's not, you know, yeah. different goal, different path. But anyway, I attended the missionary class. And I just remember everyone doing role plays as missionaries. And this is the first time I, I've heard of the Book of Mormon and that, but I never really understood it. But it was the first time in the role plays they held a Book of Mormon, the blue ones. They held the book. I didn't see the front cover, but they just held the book. And I remember in the role play hearing someone saying, I know that this book is true. It has changed my life. I was like, whoa, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. What is that book? I am curious. I was curious. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to read that book. I want to find out why that guy's so curious. Why did he say that? So anyway, the missionary that preached my gospel class had prepared a mission camp down in Hamilton at the school down there, church, college, whatever, at the time when it was still there. <coughs> and so on the way there, we all packed our bags, we're ready to go. On the way there, I was reading the Book of Mormon in the car. And I remember reading about Nephi and his family and the struggles they went through as a family, but also the blessings and the love that Nephi had for his family, no matter what his his siblings and all that. He still had a love for his family and a love for God. And I really felt something like I cried a little bit. I got emotional. Like I really felt as I reflect back was the spirit, like say, these are the trials that this family went through, but also here are the blessings as well. And I envisioned my family being happy, just yeah. like Nephi and his family. And that every family has their trials, struggles, but with the help of God and that, you can still love them. You can still find happiness and all that. And that's that was probably one of the biggest milestones or moments where I really felt the Spirit. But I felt it multiple times before that, but not as strong as I did in that moment where I was like, man, I love my family. Just from that experience, I grew a deep love for my family. I was like, man, I love my family a lot, just from reading the scriptures. I was like, And then and, and that love was also like, man, I also love God as well. And I'll never forget it. So I always hang on to that. I always remember that. And that's when I was like, this book has to be true. No other book has ever made me felt this way. No other book has made me love my family more or think of God even more than any other book, like the Book of Mormon. That's when I gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon and how it helps me with my love for God and His love for me as well. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. And from there, how long after until you went on your mission?
0: But what I do remember was seeing my wife there as well. I mean, we weren't dating or anything. But she was at that boot camp as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And she was someone that, that definitely I looked up to as well and, and inspired by. And we were both on the same journey. I mean, I didn't think much of her. She didn't yeah. think much of me. But we had the same goal. And yeah. she said she could remember my spirit, my my ambition to serve a mission. And I sensed the same thing in her. And, yeah, we both went on a mission like she went six months before me she went to the philippines and i went to tech but yeah that's what i can remember and i remember writing letters to her while i was on my mission none of, none, none of those love letters don't worry don't worry strictly gospel focused on the savior but i would be lying if i say i didn't think of her as a potential but I, we, we did write letters to each other just to inspire the work of god but i just to add my testimony about this when you serve god that's when you really get to know him and strengthen your relationship. Yeah, And serving my mission really helped me come to know him and love him even more. It's the same thing with my relationship. If me and Sandra are not serving each other, we lose a bit of love. But when yeah. we're serving each other you know, daily, we're serving like listening or supporting or helping or doing scripture study together, those kind of things. When we're serving each other like that, there's more love. And I think it's the same thing in the gospel with God's love and our love for him. is like the more you serve and do his work, the more love you will gain for him. That's
1: nice. So moving on to our topic, doubt not, fear not. <coughs> what does doubt mean to you?
0: Oh, doubt can mean a lot of things, but, you know, doubt is definitely more associated with negativity eh? or I guess a barrier. A barrier yeah. that prevents you from achieving something. And doubt is obviously like also fear or questioning yourself or looking for reasons not to. I guess you you can't see positive things, right? You're yeah. almost paralyzed to even try. But I'm mindful that everyone has their own level of doubt, yeah, and that's true. And and I can only speak for myself, but I will say, also that doubt. And fear is normal. Just because you, yeah, yeah, just because you when if you experience doubt or you're or you're afraid or nervous or whatever you call it, that doesn't mean that something's wrong with you at all. It's just part of how God's designed life. Like part of life there's trials as yeah. well as blessings. Part of life there's doubt. But also courage, bravery, and those kind of things. There's opposition in all things. It's just how, how life is designed for us. And I think we we need to experience doubt and fear in order to understand and appreciate courage, bravery, confidence, the blessings, the other side of it. So it's a process to get there.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's important to know that no one's perfect. And you're right, everyone does come across doubt and fear in their life. Also that everyone's on a different path in their life. Everyone will experience doubt at a different time. Even if you think someone's doing perfect, you don't know what they might be going through. Always good to check on someone, ask how they're doing. If they want to go have a catch up, go for lunch or something, you never know they might be struggling themselves. Or if someone's missing from church, good to check up on them. You don't know, they might be having Doubts within the church, maybe. Have you ever experienced doubts or unwavering faith on your mission or in your church life?
0: No, I've, I've never doubted the gospel, the doctrine, but I've doubted myself. Yeah. You know, like my ability to, like my worthiness, I'll probably like doubt myself. Oh, am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? Am I confident enough? Am I worthy enough? And I, I think we all have that. We all experience some of that throughout life. So, like for me, I I never questioned the doctrine. I've always believed in it. Yeah. You know, it's more like me doubting myself. But the thing is, what I've come to realize is that if you keep doubting yourself in that, then you're only focused on yourself, right? right. It's hard to focus on the savior if you're only focused on yourself. And the more you focus on yourself, the more... uh, There's only so much you can achieve if you only focus on yourself. Yeah. But once you start shifting your your heart and your mind and your life to focus more on the saviour, it's easier to manage doubt and it's easier to manage fear when you're focused on the saviour. It's hard to, to manage doubt and fear when you're focused on yourself. And I think it's easier to fall into that trap of... Why me? Why am I so useless? Why am I such a failure? Like you just ask bad questions, you always get bad answers, and you're just focused on yourself. But once you start focusing on the savior, it's more about uh, how can the savior help me, or how, how can I start moving towards more the save, uh, more towards the savior so I start feeling peace again like I did before, or how do I strengthen my relationship? What am I not doing that's moving me away? Um, from the saviour what can i do more to start moving because we all know like saviour equals peace saviour equals happiness saviour equals joy and he's always there and so it's more about asking the right questions so we can start moving in the right direction but yeah (laughs) not to go too far there but yeah those are my thoughts around it anyway
1: do you know the scripture mastery doctrine and Covenants six verse thirty six
0: Start started off for me, Ezra.
1: Look unto God in every thought.
0: Oh, yeah. Doubt not. I doubt fear. not.
1: Fear
0: <laughs> How can I not know? Yes. Yeah. I like that. Look
1: towards, yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's like that scripture really helps me. Like everything that I deal with throughout my day, whatever I'm doing, whenever I see something happen, I always think of the positives nice um, yeah it's a really
0: nice scripture so just imagine reading the scripture daily to remind ourselves daily eh like it's so easy to go negative straight away yeah right especially is. if you're surrounded by people who are like that we talked about fsy and i talked about young single adult, and that, how that helped us on our journey imagining having an environment will be surrounded by people who are the opposite who do the opposite and the impact that will have on us and our faith. And you mentioned around what I like, what you said is, right, and it's so important, is that social aspect around being with friends, opening up to friends, getting support from friends or supporting friends who are going through a hard time. Like that's so important because not many people have that support. Yeah. In that strength, uh, I think of maybe some young single adults who don't have that. I guess, from your perspective, what advice would you give to someone who probably doesn't feel like they have that support? Where can they start if they're going through a hard time?
1: The scriptures, I think, like how you said, reading that scripture every day would be good. For example, like having that scripture because it's only a few words. As like mm. your lock screen on your phone. So every time you open your phone, you see it. That could be a good reminder. You can always pray if they're struggling. Yeah, talk to someone they trust. I think, like you said, friends is really important. And I know that pretty much everyone that's a member, they will have friends that are non-members. I think it's important to choose your friends wisely, friends that respect that you're a member, mm. that don't pressure you to do things. Because if you have friends that Pressure you or want you to do bad things—that's when your doubt can waver, your faith can waver. Yeah, that's when you can fall to temptation. But by having good friends, your testimony should be able to stay strong. Yeah, and yeah, I think just surround yourself with good people will make you feel good.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. So even though you might not have a a strong social, I guess, group of friends at church, like just think about. In general like close ones or other people that that do that can help bring positivity into your life those who are respectful of you and supportive even though you are remembered, they might not be here. Yeah. <coughs> For me personally, even though I'm married with kids and stuff, me and my boys we always connect on yeah. play Fortnite. <laughs> and some people might laugh at that, but like we, we we jump on with our head friends. We're talking to each other. So even though we're playing like a game together, yeah. we're saying, "Hey, how's your week been? Or how's the kids? <laughs> what have you been up to? What are you going?" And it's, it's a good thing to do as well, especially during during the lockdown and all that. It's very hard, especially if someone's got COVID and all that. I think that's one way to do it i'm sure there's some gamers if you're on fortnite add me aggressive eight too. but yeah you're right and, and even just just the things you listen the things you consume eh? like yeah. what you watch on tiktok or the podcast you listen to the youtube do they inspire you do they speak positivity into your life or are you just more comparing or doubting does it feed doubt instead of faith
1: yeah
0: yeah i make sure I've, i follow um lds living and lds quotes and all that it's my go-to And eh? every morning just go on instagram just type in lds and i just have a look okay inspire me today inspire me <laughs> give me something
1: that's <laughs> so, good.
0: yeah yeah i purposely do that yeah
1: i feel that's like because when people wake up in the morning i think that's the first thing people do is they check their phone so yeah, yeah that's really good to so follow those pages on social media you mentioned covid has covid affected your faith or had any doubt because you haven't been able to go to church <coughs> having church at home how's that been for you and your family? COVID
0: church has been awesome for us I, I I think it's actually an opportunity that it's been that we've had to be able to connect with our kids more because at church it's sometimes it's very hard to have that intimate moment with your kids and in at home during sacrament or something if our kids do something we could afford a moment to pause and be like talk to them be like hey this is why we do it do this and do that and you, you teach them um the importance of it whereas a church it might be a little bit hard to do. we've enjoyed it and we've just been so blessed that we can do sacrament and that at home watch it online we've had no problems there i think what's pretty cool is that the prophet and how the church was prepared for yeah. for this stuff Come follow me. We do come follow me. We do our scripture study. The whole focus around home home focused, church supported, rather than church focused, home support, yeah. learning. It was the other way around. That had to be inspiration. That came from God. So I think part of listening and following the prophet and doing those little things definitely helped us be a little bit more prepared and to manage through COVID. Yeah. What about for yourself, Ezra? Yep.
1: Yeah, so with... Um... We've been doing church at home every week. My brother blesses the sacrament for us. and We sing a hymn every week. And then during COVID, I would go out with my dad and visit the Relief Society, the older ladies, single adults, and some of the men that can't get the sacrament. So I'd go with him and would sing a song with them. And some of them would cry. You could just see the joy on their Mm. face because they're able to get the sacrament during this hard time because they'd be missing church. And... Yeah, just being with them, really felt the spirit being in their homes. Um, that's
0: awesome. I have two questions I had in mind there, Ezra. The first one, and this is for both of us, the first one is, amongst everything that you do as a daughter or a daughter of God, the things that you do at work, you're a student as well, I assume. How do you manage to make the Saviour a focus in, in your life, even with everything that's going on?
1: I think... Growing up with our church standards I'm a person who doesn't do any of that stuff so I don't struggle with any of those things but I think we do get really busy in our lives with work and school but every weekend we have my nana over from Friday and then we drop her off on Monday and my nana never forgets to say her prayers so just having her, we have family prayers every night, even when because she sleeps with me. So we go to the room and we have to do another prayer in the room. She'll even wake me up in the morning. Yesterday, it was like 7.45 in the morning, got up to do our prayer. So I think just having her on the weekend reminds me throughout the week to do my own personal prayers.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty cool what you just shared there around other people especially like your nana and all that you talked about like what you do with your dad it's probably not one of those things we sit down and count and be like this is everything that i do that helps me mm. focus on the savior cuz for some people it's just natural hey eh? without even having to think about it for me personally i think about the sacrament prayer how we covenant to always remember him so how do we always remember the savior it's definitely the scripture study it's definitely uh, the taking sacrament every Sunday where you reflect and then recommit moving forward. It's all those things that we do in the church. Holding on to our temple recommend, like me and my wife are going to go to Sydney in a couple of weeks and we're planning to go to the temple in Sydney. Even just before going into the temple, it's like preparing for it as well. Talking with my wife about what we learned at church. Even even in my business, before we start class, because my business is teaching, education and that training, before we start class, we always pray. Yeah. And before I train, like, like uh, I'm still respectful and mindful, but people allow me to share scripture. Yeah. I always share scripture, and then we have a prayer, almost as if what we do at church. So I do that out there in the business world as well. And I think you don't have to be screaming Christian, Christianity, or I'm a Christian, in everything that you do. I think that's just how you treat people as well it's mm. just it's the, the little decisions that you make be mindful any good thing that you do is a reflection of your faith in Jesus Christ without even thinking about it because I am a follower of Christ this is how I choose to conduct myself and treat people in the workplace in the community in my family etc and and, and and it's like a muscle the faith if you don't work it out or exercise it it gets weak over time And the good news is we can always strengthen it. We can always strengthen it.
1: I just thought of another one. So another thing for me is that in our house, when you walk through the front door, there's this wall and we've got a big photo of the temple
0: nice yeah oh, a oh.
1: painting um, and so this massive painting oh. on our wall so i think whenever walking out or walking in the house is like a good reflection just thinking about the eternal goals eternal family and god and then we also have another little picture next to our sink in the kitchen so i guess we're never washing the dishes or cooking food that <laughs> yeah. photo's always there yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't complain about
0: doing the dishes eh? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love, I think we don't, me and my wife did that recently as well, putting temples and pictures, and it made a huge difference in the house. Our kids will walk past in the hallway, and then I remember our daughter, our would stop, I don't know, we'd just stop and look at the, the photos on the wall. There's a picture of me and Sandra married outside the temple. And yeah. She just stood there for ages, just, and I don't know what's going through her mind or what she's feeling, but I know it's something good, because mm-hmm. she'll always ask us, Daddy, or well, ask me before she said, Daddy, can you tell me the story of mummy, how you met mummy, you married mummy, and all that kind of stuff. And it's those little things that add up. But I think just that's powerful, what you said there, is a nice reminder. Something visual eh, can change yeah. the, the feeling in the home and, and, and the feeling in your life in general. A good reminder.
1: That's so cute. I believe there's that saying how, even though it's just a a <coughs> can mean or have a thousand words so yeah. every time you look at the picture something different could come to your mind
0: exactly yeah. exactly i think that's a nice advice there thanks for adding that in there that's powerful i think the last question to wrap things up what would be yours in mind final word of encouragement or advice that we would give to our audience
1: i think when you wake up every morning think what are you grateful for mm. whether if you think of one thing three things or a list of things Just think about what are you grateful for, whether it's your home to live in, the warmth, food, shelter, family. I think just thinking of the positive things, what you're grateful for can really give you that good, happy feeling before you start the day. Because you never know what your day is going to be like. It could be bad. It could be good. But if you have the mindset, I'm going to have a good day. You're more Um. likely, hopefully, to have a good day. So just start off the day with what are you grateful for? You can even do it when you go just to have that good piece of feeling before you go to bed. But yeah, I think it's something really good to help people stay positive and happy.
0: That's so cool. And Mm. um, I I would probably say that's probably my word of encouragement as well, just around gratitude. Because when you're grateful, you're positive, eh? You can't be grateful and angry at the same time. Mm. You can't be grateful and jealous or envious at the same time. You can't be grateful and negative at the same time, just in general. So when you're grateful, you're being positive. And when you're being positive, you invite more positivity in your life. So I think that's a great way. And being grateful means you're focusing on... And appreciating what you have and not so much what you're missing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who focus on what they're missing. Oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have them, I don't have a body, oh, I don't have a partner or love, I don't have a car, a nice car like that guy or that girl. You know, they just mm-hmm. focus on things that they don't have or what they're missing in their life, but they're not focusing on what they do have and, and appreciating that. let just practice being grateful, having a, a, an attitude of gratitude more in your life and whether that's waking up and and making a habit maybe you could write it down write down three things that you're grateful for in the morning and before you go to bed three things that you're grateful for that day and 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 obviously that's the opposite of negativity or complaining and I think just be careful as well not to complain too much I've, I've got into that habit in the past a lot where you just complaining about anything, everything, life, and you just forget to be grateful.
1: And it can feel draining. To be
0: grateful. Yeah, it could be draining. Mm. It could be really draining. Yeah. But that's our word of encouragement there. Be, be grateful. grateful. So with that being said, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you, Ezra, for the podcast, the interview. Yourself being a young single adult if even though I'm married, I've, I've graduated from young Similar adult, I, I still find the program inspiring and I find people like yourself inspiring who, who are young and still have so much to offer this world for the future and um, the future looks bright, especially with people like yourself. So keep on going, keep on doing amazing things and being an awesome person.
1: Cool. Thank you, Pasi. Thanks for inviting me and getting to be a part of this interview. Got to mm. know a little bit more about you and have a reflection about myself about my faith and where I am in this gospel. It's been amazing.
0: Awesome. Likewise, that's mutual. Thank you, Ezra. All right, everyone. See you
1: later. (laughs) Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend To direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the institute class associated with the podcast, see our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the Church.